Welcome to Two Guys with Glasses. I'm Phil Taylor. And I'm Clayton Gibb. And this is a podcast all about the good life. Welcome back. Hi, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How, how's life been for you, Clayton? It's it's been good. Wait, hold on. I'm not, I'm not quite done with the, the greeting. Uh, okay, okay go on. back to it. to two guys with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast all about the good life. That's that's just right. Yeah. So we're gonna jump into a new conversation today. Yeah. Uh, about community and the importance of community in our lives. Before we do that, let me go back to my question. When I asked, when I rudely interrupted you. Yeah, it's okay. How's life been going, Clayton? Life's been going, Phil. Are you as sleepy this time as you were last time? I I have woken up a little bit. Okay. I think it, it's adjusted because it's been. I think that week, I don't know if it was the first week, mm-hmm. but like I, I had been waking up at seven a.m. for this prayer time we've been doing. Gotcha. And but it's been, I've been doing it for four or five weeks now, and uh, I think I think I'm adjusted. And I also didn't go to bed at like two a.m. <laughs> I went to bed at like twelve. <laughs> that last probably night. helps. So that I got a good helps. solid six and a half hours of sleep. I'm gonna change chairs. Oh, we're getting we got a new chair substitution. See if this one's any better. It's a lot lower. You look weird in that chair, Phil. <laughs> this chair like is like I don't know, fifteen years old. That's an old chair. Yeah. We. Man, I just. I watched this, okay, this is like way off topic, okay. but okay. I watched this video, um, this guy I like to watch, um, he does like, these weird commentaries on like things that you, you never would think would deserve a commentary, mm-hmm. but basically there's this video of this, this guy, like the director of Nintendo, and he retired, and he, it was just this innocuous video about his retirement, him saying goodbye, and the thing he like, he, he like picks out details uh, from the background of videos, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Now look at let's look at this chair." And like he went, it was like a fifteen minute long video <laughs> about the, how, how the fact that the CEO of Nintendo had been sitting in this certain chair that was like this crappy chair, and he really should have been sitting in this chair, which is like this really top of the line <laughs> yeah. chair. But yeah, <laughs> that's funny. This man was pretty heated about chairs. Yeah, which I didn't even know because I mean I think for most people it's like. You it's sit a in a chair. chair. Yeah, it's whatever chair is there. But, I mean, if you think about it, if you're going to be sitting in a chair for a job, you want, you want yeah. some good support. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, some lumbar there. I don't know. See, I have a whole theory on this. Oh, okay. This is my theory on this. I, everything, like, in my office here and then my home office is just a little bit off. My desk is a little bit too small. Would it be a little uncomfortable? My chair is, is just a little bit uncomfortable everything's just a little bit in an inconvenient place because i don't want to get comfortable like when i get comfortable then i kind of like get a little lazy you know and i'm just like oh i don't really have to do anything and my brain shuts off and my body shuts off and i just don't i don't work as well Uh but if i'm like a little uncomfortable and the chair's just not right and the desk is just a little too small and i have to sit something behind me or i have to walk over to this shelf or whatever i'm so much more productive i (laughs) I think that's definitely where me and you are very different. Because I, I, th- I think if there's like something that's uncomfortable about my work environment, like it just yeah, it drives me nuts. Yeah. Now I, I'd like a, I like a neat environment. Yeah. Like if it's messy, I gotta, I gotta fix that. Like it's a little messy in here today, and so I gotta fix that. But um, yeah, just to be slightly off. Like yeah. when, when Hannah and I moved into our house, she was like, "Do you want to get like a new desk? Because you have more space for it." And I was like, "No, this desk is just." <laughs> 
almost the right size. It's not quite <laughs> wide enough. It's not quite long enough, which means I can't have all of my stuff on there that I need at one time. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta have that. That's, but that's like, it's, it's weird. I don't want to be happy when I work. I want to be like a little so bit like annoyed, though. and that's just like my motivation to just get it done. Well, I, I listened to this interview that's slightly related, okay. a little bit different as far as technique goes, but it was a, a Tim Ferriss interview with Neil Gaiman, um, which I don't know if you've listened to that. I haven't listened to that one. I almost listened to it the other day, but, but I got busy. I, I've listened to probably 45 minutes of it so far, mm-hmm. um, but what's really interesting is that uh, Neil Gaiman said when he uh, writes, when he sits down to write, mm-hmm. he's got a rule. He can do nothing or he can write. And by doing nothing, he can do anything as long as it's nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I thought that was interesting because it's like, that's how he could, stays productive. Because, like, he, he doesn't do anything to distract himself. Like, he doesn't, like, read. He doesn't say he doesn't read. He doesn't, like, do a crossword. He just goes out, sits, and he, he, he allows himself not to yeah. write. But he can only do nothing. Yeah. And eventually... He writes. Writing is yeah. more interesting <laughs> than doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, all that makes so much sense to me, like... um but I, so, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about this in, in, in the episode when we get to our topic. But I, I kind of figured out my like, triggers and rewards. Oh, yeah? I read this book called uh, Habits. I think it was like Charles Duhigg okay. was the author. And he talks a lot about triggers and rewards and, and figuring out what your trigger is, what your reward is, and then manipulating those to develop new habits or to get things done. And uh, like, I don't, I'm not a big eater but mm-hmm. I do like to eat I like to snack yeah. more so than eat like just snack on things yeah. so I found like if I have a big project or something coming up it, I will I'll get up I won't eat breakfast and I won't eat lunch until I'm at like 60% done yeah. and I'll get that 60% done because I'm like I haven't had a snack I haven't had breakfast like I just gotta I gotta go I gotta go yeah. and so it's just something about that they're taking away the option of something I want to do like Grab a handful of nuts or whatever I'm going to snack on, an apple or whatever. Taking that option off the table, and now it's to get to that thing, yeah. I've got to do this thing. <laughs> and that thing yeah. is now the enemy, and I want to annihilate it because I really want to eat that piece of chocolate over there. That's a, that's a, well, I wish I had the self-discipline to do that, <laughs> first of all. Um, second of all, in the same interview with Neil Gaiman, he talks about... Um, Cannot remember the author's name, but it's the author who wrote the uh, uh, James Bond series. Oh, uh, e- Ian McKellen. Yes. Yes. Uh, he said that like what he would do when he was writing a James Bond. Apparently, he didn't like writing the James Bond books. Or yeah, anything. yeah, I've heard that. Um, and what he would do, he would go to a, a city he didn't like, check into a kind of a crappy hotel, and he, he wouldn't leave until he had finished that book. Yeah. And so that was like his, his reward. Mother, yeah, was to, would, get, would to get, get out, out of here. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of the snacking, so it's. I mean, like it's. It sounds weird, and it sounds like I don't know torturous. But when you really do it, like the first time you do it, it is the worst thing ever. You're like, no, this is terrible. But like now that I'm in the routine, and I know, okay, if I'm sitting here snacking, I'm going to be working on this thing for four hours. But yeah. if I take away the snack or I postpone lunch until after it's finished. And I didn't eat breakfast, and I don't really even eat breakfast that much anyway. Yeah. But just skipping that Nutri-Grain bar or that. Most important meal uh, yeah, of the day, Phil. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't eat either. It's debatable. <laughs> but, um, I'm sure my mom's going to have something to say about that. <laughs> Probably. Uh, but, yeah, you take that away, and now you're just in the zone because you, you're going to tackle it. And it, I, I work 
50% faster. I'll probably get it done in two and a half or three hours instead really? of four hours. And it's just, um, it helps my focus. It helps kind of everything I'm doing just dial in because the snack, as much as I enjoy it, is really a distraction. Because I'm, I'm, I'm eating it, I'm thinking about what it tastes like, and all of that stuff's going on, and I'm not focused on whatever I've got in front of me. Yeah. A paper to write, a, a sermon to craft, whatever it is, a, a book that I'm supposed to read, something like that, mm-hmm. done. So. Yeah, well, that's probably something I should be doing. Yeah. Because um, by nature, I'm very much a procrastinator. Um, so I think, I don't know, my reward would just be <laughs> to lay in bed and do nothing. But I, I, I figured out, though, because once I start working on whatever X project that I'm doing, um, I really enjoy, and I get caught up in it, and I can be working on something for two and three hours, mm-hmm. and be like, why? Like, when I, once I pull my head out of it, mm-hmm. and realize, like, man, that's been, I don't know, if I'm enjoying what I'm doing and it's engaging, it's really interesting, because um, I had to write, I, <laughs> I so two weeks ago, ish, one or two weeks ago, I think, yeah, it was the middle of April. Um, I, I someone told me, it was like, hey, how are you doing on that 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 paper for our media law class? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I haven't started yet. I was gonna get get moving on it today probably, and they're like, Clayton, that's due tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and it and it was this this uh, surge of panic. Well, it, exactly, because I was like, oh no, like I have stuff to do tonight. <laughs> And because um, I, I, I totally like something in me, I just thought it was due like, like the, towards the end of the week or like I, I don't know. I just like assumed it was later, and and then like so I ended up having like kind of crush this paper out. Which, if I'm being like honest with myself, that's what it would have been anyways if I had known the due date. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but it was just kind of like once I got into the flow of work, and it was this. Uh, I, we were all assigned a case to do, and we had to like write a four-page paper about uh, the precedent to that case, the facts of it, uh, cases it's influenced, and cases it, it was influenced by. So it, was, it, it seemed to be kind of dry stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of found it really interesting because it was all about music copyright and stuff. And like I just like went and crushed it out, and I was like, dang, and it was like 1.30 when I was done with it. But mm-hmm. I don't know, it was something about just getting something done. I was like, I wish I just... Cause yeah. pe- people say... Take your time on things. I don't yeah. think I could ever do that. Yeah. Like, as if I know I have a four-page paper in front of me, and I sit down to do it once, like, I'm not going to spend four 30-minute sessions writing this paper. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of <laughs> dumb to me. Yeah. So, I, I, don't know, I can relate, because I, by nature, want to procrastinate. I like that. I like that sense of panic. Like I like that of like that, that feeling. I got, I got a score yeah. back on it today. I yeah. got a perfect score in it. So. Yeah, because you're like, oh man, like if I don't, there's no, there's no take a break. There's no stop. It's like I've got to have this d- ready to submit at twelve oh one. You know, yeah. and it's like if it's not done. So, so really, what we're trying to say yeah. is, we we just love it. It's not because we're lazy. Yeah, no, we just like the rush. We enjoy the feeling, we like the rush. <laughs> but uh, so what I started doing with myself is playing tricks on myself. Uh, essentially, and like you, I know I'm playing a trick on myself, but uh-huh. w- so, like for example, I had a a, a uh, like a three th- three thousand word paper I wrote recently, uh-huh. which is not very big, um, but it had seven parts to it. Okay, and so I just made artificial deadlines for each of those parts, and I would be like, oh yeah, I need to get that first part researched and typed, first draft by X date, and I knew I was not going to do it until like. The day it was, I, I had told myself yeah. it was due, and that kind of 
not quite the same level of knowing I will fail if I don't get it in. <laughs> yeah, but, but there was still, that sort of sense of like, oh, I can't let myself down. I got to get this done. Yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that kind of helps. But it's so much more manageable when it's like, oh, I really only have to write like 700 words here. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I wound up being like 1,500 words too long. Yeah. Because yeah. I was writing in sections like that and that adrenaline and that, that kind of hit that flow state faster. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, it's, it's yeah. a little bit, because like mine was a thousand page yeah. paper. So it was like yeah. a little bit different than if you're working. A thousand word paper? Or, uh, yeah, I was word. Say, <laughs> thousand yeah. page paper it today. Was a, <laughs> it was a thick tome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a novel. <laughs> but yeah. And and that's why we need good community. Yeah, so we can, so we can we have can, people keep us accountable. Yeah. That's right. Great segue, Phil. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I've been known to segue sometimes. So, Phil, why don't you why don't you brief us on the introduction to this uh, idea? Like, what is what is community? What, what is are we community? talking about? That's like, a really what, good question. <clears throat> so that's kind of a buzzword, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> for me it is. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's just a buzzword. In I don't know how much it is in the. I think it's actually a buzzword in our culture in general, particularly yeah. in like the Christian ministry circles. It's like yeah. you got to have that authentic community. Community, Christ community. community. Yeah, yeah. And so I think there's really there's really like four ways we can talk about community. And so three of them are sort of we don't have a lot of choice in them. So mm-hmm. the first one would be global community. You and I are part of the global community of the human race. Everyone's here. Everyone's here. And we didn't get to pick that we were born on planet Earth. Because there's, to be Klingon. there's <laughs> no other planet for human beings, right? Um, but we can kind of participate in this community mm-hmm. through things like socialism, uh, not socialism <laughs> social media. <laughs> I also probably just right, live on what I wanted to say. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> Phil's a communist. I'm not a communist. Let's just make sure that doesn't get me spoiled. <laughs> social media. Social media. Through things like social media. Or, you know, you kind of have these movements of, like, um, we're, we're all citizens of the world. Or mm. you might, uh, it's kind of popular to talk about uh, taking care of the planet as a whole. Those kind of things might be something that unites yeah. um, the whole world or, or works to bridge the gap. You know, like... We can, uh, last summer you and I flew to the other side of the world, right? And we got to meet those people and we yeah. kind of experienced community with them and we can think about them and we know their names and we can still talk to them and social media aids us in that. Um, uh, kind of if you, if you step down a little bit and you go a little smaller, you might get something like national community. So we're both Americans and we didn't really get a choice in that. You're half Canadian American. Americans, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But e- even that, like you were, you were born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have a choice about leaving Canada. Your parents took you away from Canada, they, they right? Didn't, they yeah. didn't even ask me. Yeah, discovered. there's no no thought about that. Maybe you should uh, talk to someone about that. Yeah, you know? I, I deserve a choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but again, like that, that's kind of thing. And even like our region of the country has its own community. Like we kind of live in a weird hybrid of of a midwestern mm-hmm. and a southern community, and that sort of shapes particular yeah. ways we Kentucky, see the world. We're not really concretely in any, like, no, region we aren't. of America. It, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, we used to be the West, you know, if you go back 200 years. <laughs> <What? laughs> uh, but, uh, but so there's this national community, and there can be things that, you know, like on the 4th of July, everyone's like, woo, America. Or yeah. let me just say, most people are like, woo, America. There's things that happen. We all celebrate Thanksgiving at the same time and, and things like that that kind of you remind us that we're Americans and we come together. Yeah. The Super Bowl, maybe. Actually, the you could Olympics. Put the Super Bowl into the last one. Yeah, the Olympics. That's another idea of like we're all kind of all in this together yeah. and 
we're it's both a global community event and a national community event. Yeah. Um, but then if we go down a little bit smarter, those are kind of big and hard to manage. Like it's really hard for me to think of myself as a global citizen. Yeah. It's 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 easier for me to think of myself as an American, but when I think about someone who lives in you know Seattle yeah. and, so, and and I live in in Kentucky, there's a there's a difference on so many levels, mm-hmm. the climate, um, culture, vibe, all that stuff is so different. It, it can be hard for me to see myself yeah. a, in that community. So that would bring us to something like a local or a proximity community, and this might be something like uh, my workplace. Uh, where I go to school, you know, the neighborhood I live in, and and we have some control over this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of us have some some level of say in where we get jobs. Maybe we applied to five of them and we got we got hired at one of them. So yeah. we had some options. Or, you know, um, if you're if you're in, in you know primary school, you, you kind of don't get to say where you go. You, the government tells you where to go. Yeah. But you know, college, you might have had choices to where to go. Or, Neighborhoods, generally, you kind of pick where you live, but you don't pick the people in your workplace. Mm-hmm. You don't pick the students at your school. You don't pick your neighbors. And so it's a community, and we can identify with each other, and we can, you know, uh, you're part of a crew, and you're wearing a crew shirt. That's one way of living out that community and letting people know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's a little bit more intimate, and it's much easier to identify yourself as an EKU student yeah. Um, than it is to say as uh, Kentuckian. Like that, that's a little bit more vague. And what does it mean to be a Kentuckian? Yeah. But an EKU student, well, we kind of know why we're there. Yeah, it's parameters. Yeah, yeah, and 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 those are those are good, and it's it's good to think about those when we talk about community. But specifically for us, we want to dive into this topic of intentional community. Mm. All right, and this is kind of be our key idea as we discuss community. Um, and an intentional community is this. These are the people you choose to spend time with. Now, they can come from any of those other groups, yeah. but this is when you're making the intentional decision. All right? And this is a key idea because intentional community, it, you could think of it as a conversation where we change each other. Yeah. Because I choose to have community with you, Clayton, and yeah. we talk and we do something like this podcast you're rubbing off on me and I'm rubbing off on you and, and, and my ideas are, are coming in into conversation with your ideas and we might agree on things, we might disagree on things, we might sort of agree or, or mostly disagree and we're going to have to interact with each other and deal with those things and that's going to shape us. Um, now, obviously in this conversation we have, uh, we, we, we are or we know people who are, are um, susceptible to that sort of group think. Yeah. Like whatever group they're in, <clears throat> and, and, and uh, they, they kind of morph to that group. And, and yeah. this is a good point to kind of drop this in is we kind of exist in multiple intentional communities. Yeah. All right. So let's just use you and I, for example. Um, I have the, the intentional community of, of Journey Community Church. Mm-hmm. I have the intentional community of, let's say, my friend group which is made up of people from Journey and people not from Journey. I have the intentional community of my marriage. So I have these things, and you have the intentional community of EKU or crew, and you kind of are in different worlds with these. Mm -hmm. But all of these, maybe more so than the other three, shape how you see the world and how you uh, develop as a person over time. So it's not necessarily wrong or right to be susceptible to... 
uh, fitting in with the group more or less. It's it's really about knowing yourself, yeah. right? And I think the more agreeable we, we are, the more we want to fit in with the group, and the more we are to adapt the, the character or the, the tone of the group quicker, yeah. um, then if we're uh, disagreeable, it'll be a little slower for us. So just kind of pull back, and I kind of want to park there on that idea of how we see community shape us, and then we'll really kind of talk into the, what's going on and the mechanics of how we're shaped. But yeah. do you find yourself more susceptible to the, 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 the group uh, of adapting to the group quicker or slower? Does that question make sense? Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. It's an interesting question. Because I, I don't think anyone wants to be like, yeah, I'm really susceptible to what other people don't think. You know, no mm-hmm. one wants to, like, say that. Yeah. Um, and like you know, I I, I would say there's there's certainly a, a a level of I walk into a room and I want to be liked by people and I want to like fit in, mm-hmm. um, but then there's, there's also like like no one no one's really you know no one's like me when I walk yeah. into a room, um, and that, that's something yeah. So like I'm I'm obviously not like going in just and trying to act like everyone else yeah, um, but like when when I'm in crew. And obviously, like, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I'm, I've been around these people for three years, and, like, they're my friends, and they're, I'm really close to these people. So, like, when, when, they, when they think an idea, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work to see their point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not I immediately just, like, I think whatever it is that we're talking about, um, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be, say, like, if, if he thinks that, I've been friends with him for three years now, I'm not going to immediately dismiss it. Yeah. Just because, you mm-hmm. know, we've been through that together. And then I think about maybe some, some, this isn't quite the same, but like when I think about people I'm in class with, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've still been around some of these people for about three years just because I'm a major, but like, I definitely like these people, I don't, you know, like if they do or say something stupid, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's definitely just stupid. And you, yeah. just, you know, like, yeah. and I just got out of two classes. I'm in three group projects right now, yeah. you know, and like some of them have been good, some of them have been worse, yeah. but, um, you know, I, I definitely see that. So I, th- I think to answer your question a little more directly, yes, in a, in a certain way I am. Uh, I, I think I try to be agreeable and fit in, but like only to a certain extent. Like mm-hmm. I think I don't try to act like other people, but mannerisms, I have noticed in the past that like certain people's mannerisms, things they say, like m- maybe it's just like a turn of a phrase or just a funny yeah. thing. Like I definitely pick up on those things. Yeah. And like, especially because I remember as a, as a freshman coming in the crew, I had uh, my Bible study leaders. They were... <laughs> I love them to death. They're amazing guys, um, but they, they they always had these like really just like weird kind of like off the wall like quirky things they would just say like mm-hmm. like turns of phrase that they, they they might come from some like weird mm-hmm. like obscure part of culture like some yeah. some song that mm-hmm. you know they pulled a line out of context or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I remember like one of my first uh, encounters with them. They they were like um, like they, one of them just said, "I'll ranch to that." <laughs> And it was like, what does that even mean? And the, so the thing is, yeah. it, it came from this this show, the Eric Andre show, okay. which is, you know, people have heard about it, but like, it's not like a widely like, yeah. like, like not Actually, everyone in our culture I've never heard about it. So you've never even heard it. So no. I mean, it's 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 pretty pretty inappropriate. Yeah. But it's it's this this guy, and like he goes around and like the actual clip of it, he's like wearing like this green morph suit, mm-hmm. going up to strangers, and he's like you know just like battering them, mm-hmm. and like they'll say something. He goes and he's holding a bottle of ranch. He says, "I'll ranch to that, bro," and he like he drinks it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, like little things like that, and then like, 
I don't know why, but like I just started picking up on those things yeah. and like just started repeating those phrases and stuff. <laughs> but um. yeah, and and I think that uh, you, you kind of hit on a couple of things there that I think are worth exploring. Is one is that that kind of that meme idea in a group. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, like the that, insiders. The insiders that turn a phrase. We yeah. all know what that means, and no mm-hmm. one else does, and that sort of solidifies us. Or the inside joke, which is. It's so weird when you really step back and think about inside jokes because there, it's like something might have been momentarily funny. Yeah. And now it, it has, it's not it's, funny. That thing is not even yeah. funny anymore. It's just yeah. the fact that it, it came out of it. Yeah. It's the fact that something came out of it. And it's the fact that like a handful of us know what we mean when yeah. we say that. It's like a little wink and a nudge to like we're on the inside. I've, I've got a really, really <laughs> funny story about specifically to inside jokes. Um, I don't know. We'll see if Adam listens to this, but other than him, I don't know who, who would have been there. But it was it was Life 2013, um, and so for the uninitiated, Life is a, a CMA youth conference, and it's uh, it's worldwide. Uh, I think U.S. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's well, I mean, you know, there's U.S. and like some the U.S. Alliance puts it on. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But, so like people aren't flying from crazy distances, yeah. but basically, you know, all 50 states. Um, and so this year it happened to be in St. Louis. And so we're at this huge convention center and there's this place where like everyone eats lunch. And there's like all these round tables with like 10 chairs around them. Mm, excuse me. And you know, always try to get your group a table and it was always like this race. But, um, <laughs> um, oh man, that's a different story. Okay, there's a couple different <laughs> stories here. But uh, the one I'm gonna focus on, so do we get these water bottles with the lunch? And mm-hmm. so there was one time we kind of got to lunch late and we were, we were kind of like, there were people in the lunchroom, and like, again, like, just picture like hundreds and hundreds of tables, like, laid out. And that's that's where we were, just like these round tables. Well, and there's several thousand people there. Yeah, like yeah. there's, yeah, there's like upwards of like 5,000 people yeah. at this conference. Um, and we, we were taking this water bottles, and if you've never done this, you should do it. It's a lot of fun, but it, you have to get like one of the flimsier water bottles. Once it's empty, and like you twist it in the middle, and then like you, you like pop off the cap, and it goes flying in the air. So we were doing that. Um, having a ball, you know, it's just. Oh, <laughs> oh that's uh, that was, okay. Yeah. Almost knocked on a picture frame, but and we're having a ball, and then uh, this guy comes over, and he just looks at us. He holds a bottle cap up, and I guess it must have like landed on his table earlier. And he just looks at, looks at us, and goes, "Please stop." <laughs> and we were like, "Sorry." <laughs> he was like. I did not come here to have these flying in my face. <laughs> and so for like the rest of that trip, we would just like look at someone and just go, please stop. <laughs> and then it was just, it was just funny. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's a, that's an insider from, I guess, six years ago. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. But, and, and I bet you probably could do that to most of the people that were there. Yeah. And they'd still like, oh yeah, that was that time yeah. when that one dude. And that, that phrase just kind of encapsulates this whole moment. That's, it's, it's so, um, Again, it, it goes back to that, that conversation and how we change each other. Like, that moment was something that sort of merged lives together a little bit and matched your relationships a little yeah. bit more. Into, we had a shared experience. Into, yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing that, that it kind of in that same thing is, is we're talking about this idea of, uh, uh, of being in multiple intentional communities is the role we play in each of those. Right? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Like in, in some, oh, yeah. sometimes in, in, in one group, maybe you're the, the comic relief, and so you kind of come in, and everybody <laughs> else is serious, and it's your job to kind of lighten the mood. And then in some groups, it's like, 
well, I've got to really be the leader in this group and decide things and, yeah. and make this call. And uh, and it, it's kind of weird how that happens. Like I'll give you an example. When I was in college, it was, it was a group of friends. We were, I don't know, maybe half a dozen or so of us were together. And one day, there's just this group text message that appears, and it says, hey, uh, when are we eating? Yeah. And it's just one of the people in the group text the six of us and said, hey, when are we eating dinner? And I just said back, I'll be out of class at 5. I'll be there at 5.15. You can join me if you want. Well, then everybody's like, okay, we'll be there. We'll be there. And I kid you not, for the rest of this message, this at the beginning, I didn't go a single day without someone in that group text message saying, hey, Phil, when are we eating dinner? Like, they'd see me, you know, come up to us and be like, hey, are, what time are we eating dinner tonight? And it's like, how did I become the guy <laughs> that decides when we eat dinner? Yeah. <laughs> right? When did this become a thing? Like, you can eat dinner whenever you want you to. You inherited the yeah, responsibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's kind of weird how we do that in community and we bestow those things. Yeah. And some of it is a little bit our personality, like, okay, no one made a call in 10 minutes. I'll just make the call. I'm yeah. going to be there at 5.15. Come join me if you want to. And, and, and other parts of it are... Uh, the, when we come into a group, so I, I kind of wanted to kind of think about that a little bit. Is have eh, let me back up and phrase this like this: When you come into a group, how does that uh, do? Do you find yourself morphing to the group, mm. or sort of trying to push your own personality into the group? Because, and I kind of want to ask you because you're 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 an E, you're an extrovert, you are a uh, you're a larger than average human being height wise and uh, larger than average human being personality wise and so I, I just wanted to know like when you come into a group art do you think oh yeah I'm just going to go in there and be Clayton and this group's going to adapt to Clayton or do you think I've got you know I've got some knobs on these certain levels of Clayton and I can twist and turn a little bit you know it really depends mm -hmm. on like the group because I, I know there's because I've never been like super duper athletic so whenever I get around to like a, a group of people who I know, I like, and so like I would I would, I would view that as like my weakness. I'm not good at playing sports mm -hmm. that well, um, and so like if I get around a bunch of guys who like, I can know is like their their thing is they go and get on all the intramural teams, yeah. I'll be like, like what's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if I like you know anywhere else, yeah, um, I'll, I'll kind of be able to just like, like I mean I, I don't like, you know I'm very yeah. comfortable just being myself. Yeah, I, I've never had well I wouldn't say never but like. You know, ever since I wasn't in middle school, I <laughs> haven't had really an issue like, yeah. just kind of being being who I am. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you're right. I do have. I mean, it, my my personality stands out, and I I like to view it as a potential strength, just because it, um, especially when when I'm thinking about like new people. Like mm -hmm. I think it allows me to make new people feel at ease. Um, I can. Like just kind of be a fool for a little bit, yeah. and people are like, "It's gonna, you know, like, oh, yeah. there's this guy, he's a fool. It's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can yeah. be normal." <laughs> yeah, and, and so, <clears throat> are you saying that? I, I I had this thought. I didn't want to interrupt, but I I, I kind of I think that's something that you and uh, your sister Abby both have is that ability to yeah. kind of connect with people yeah. who uh, may not be, you know, they're they're new to a group and they can instantly feel connected, like. Um, uh, so I had I had breakfast with a guy uh, uh, earlier this week, and uh, we were having breakfast and we were talking and we were about to leave and it's like this is you know he's a ministry leader on campus and we were talking about partnering and things like that mm -hmm. and um, I left and I was like you know it's really encouraging to finally get to sit down and talk to you and and, and and talk about some things that we want to do and some ways that we can work with each other 
And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really encouraging to talk to you. And these two girls at a table behind us go, we didn't mean to eavesdrop, but it was really encouraging to talk to you too, you know, like, we're, you know, they, they, we kind of start talking and, and so, we're, you know, they're, they're studying for some exams and they're like, oh, we're in grad school and, oh, what do you do? Oh, we're, we're uh, OT and, and things like that. Was and, it my sister? It, it wasn't your sister, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so, uh, he's like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, no. And I just say do you know abby taylor and they go oh my gosh abby she's the best we love her and they get all excited and then just because and i'm like oh well she's my sister-in-law and then like i'm instantly in their group because like abby's personality like built a bridge and they're like you're a brother-in-law oh my gosh you go to the blah 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 and it's just like i was like well that was kind of easy but i think you you and her both have that that skill set of like you can come into the room and you can kind of connect everybody in the room. And then because you're so good at it, you don't even have to be present to be that connector. Like Abby's yeah. wherever Abby is, and she's still that connector. And so that what we kind of did there was we sort of hit on these next three points from sort of a big thing, and I want to kind of dial into them here, which is how and why community shapes us. So there are three points, and then we mention them, and then we'll kind of break them down a little bit. The first point is we're social creatures. Heck yeah. The second point is we're reward-driven creatures. And the third point is we are dependent creatures. Hmm. So uh, let's just kind of step back. We've been talking about we're social creatures. Like we like to be liked, and we like to fit in with our tribes. And so that that's the first way it shapes us Yeah, is because when you decide this is going to be my tribe, whatever moment that is for you, when you go through the process of saying, you know what, I'm going to go all in with crew or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in with this group of friends. These are going to be my friends now. I'm going to choose to be friends with these people. Um, we want to be liked by them. Like it would be a really weird thing to be like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with these people and I want every single one of them to hate me. Now, there might be someone out there like that, yeah. but that's just not generally us. We say, I want to hang out with these people because I like them and I want them to like me back. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and so, you know, we asked that question earlier of, do you, do you try to bring Clayton into the group or do you try to adjust Clayton to the group? And that really has to do with, like, fitting in with our tribe. That's mm-hmm. the first way it shapes us is, is even just to think about... Am I going to be full on? Am I going to adjust this? Do I need to tone this down? Do I need to turn this up? You know, that happens to me sometimes is I'm a, I'm a strong introvert. So I don't really feel the need to, like, be the, be the center of attention. As a matter of fact, like, when I come into a group, I kind of want to lean back. I want to listen to everybody talk and kind of get to know where everybody's at. And then I'll bring my contribution to the table. Yeah. So if I'm in a room with, some, with, with a couple of E's or some really strong E's and they can do that connecting work... I'll just pull back. But what happens every so often to me is I find myself in a position where there isn't, uh, there isn't someone who's doing that connecting work and I have to like turn that part of my personality up and I have to become the connector. And so, yeah, I have to, I have to like manufacture these E qualities. Um, and, and it happens and it works and I can do it, but it, I have to adjust myself. And then I become that person in the group and my inclination is to like figure out how I can give that away to somebody real quick. But sometimes, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But you see, just coming into the group, wanting to be liked, wanting to fit in, we, we adjust ourselves. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we direct that conversation right there towards preteens and teenagers. Like, yeah. you know, that's what peer pressure is. You just want to fit in. Well, yeah. You know, 
if everybody else jumped off a bridge, would you do it? Yeah. You know, don't don't do drugs. Don't uh, you know? Don't do this. Don't whatever. Just because everybody else is doing it, you got to learn to be independent of the crowd and not yeah. care what they think. And I think that's really good advice. But I think better advice is to say pick the right crowd. Yeah. So that when you do work to fit in, you're you're working towards a better system, yeah. a better better in in goal, um, which we'll kind of talk about a little bit later. But um, and I think that really understanding that and being able to like identify how I'm adjusting to this group dynamic and what I need to do in there and what I don't need to do and and it's not um, you might hear that and you might say well, that sounds inauthentic like you're changing who you are just be you well we're complex people there's there's lots of levels of me that can be adjusted for the situation for the circumstance for the things that's happening yeah you know I think um, even just doing this, like putting the microphones yeah. on, it kind of talking a little different. It yeah. shapes a little bit of the way we talk and a little yeah. bit of the way we present ourselves because we're mindful of the fact that people are listening. That people are listening, <laughs> and it, it, you know, it, it's kind of get out of here. Yeah, exactly. It's not just Clayton and I hanging out. Yeah, uh, it, it's Clayton and I hanging out, and a bunch of other people going to listen to what we say. So you don't want to sound stupid or the dumb. Invisible or, audience. Yeah, yeah. But but we do that. And that's not bad, it, but it's being mindful of how that mm -hmm. shapes us. And it also reinforces that idea of which group am I trying to fit in with? Yeah. Um, and, and so the second thing is we're reward-driven creatures. That's our reward is yeah. being light. <laughs> so um, I, I wrote this sentence down, and I'll break it down. So it says, each community creates a value system that rewards virtue. Okay. Okay. So we could let's let's pull out for a second and look at this in our political spectrum in in the states right now. You would might say we have a conservative community and we have a progressive community. Yeah. Okay. Now in those communities they have value systems. There are things that are distinctly conservative mm -hmm. and things that are distinctly progressive, yeah. and, and they are sometimes at odds yeah. with each other. And in those groups. Uh, based on those values, there is an ideal virtuous person, the person who lives up to these core all values, those ideas, yeah. all of those ideas and holds them. And that person is held in esteem by that community. Mm. Now, that's a really easy example to see that in because it's, we're, we're so polarized right now, you can see that. But that's how every single tribe works. It's how yeah. every single intentional community works, whether it's three people, whether it's two people, it, it's uh, let's you know it's the same way in in a marriage. Is as husband and wife, my wife and I have a like we have a community, we have a value system, and we know what it looks like to be virtuous in that value system. Yeah. And and we don't sit around and judge each other like you know is Hannah doing everything she's supposed to be doing this way? How many points? <laughs> but that's kind of how we we do that, and that's okay. So the the husband and wife we want to be is based on these values we've created yeah. inside this community. Are we living up to it? Yeah. And are we? Am I? Am I living up to the kind of husband we've decided is a good husband? Yeah. Um, and and so. I think it's really good to step back and think about that because oftentimes what happens is those particularly in um, informal uh, structures, you know, like like conservative, progressive, that's sort of informal, but when it gets the label Republican or Democrat, it becomes a little bit more formalized and there's yeah. a, pl a party platform and things. But, you know, the let's just take, for example, your roommates. Yeah. Right? That culture is probably formed a little bit more informally. Yeah. And we might use things like uh, active aggression. 
or passive aggression, sarcasm, humor, um, uh, shunning or inviting in to kind of frame the values we're going to support as a as a as a house, yeah. right? But most of the time, we don't sit down and say, okay, well, here are like the four values we're going to have, and these are the things we're going to honor, yeah. and these are the things we're not going to honor. And we just kind of go with it. And then yeah. we start letting, because we're in that group, and we want to be liked by that group, and we want to fit in with that group, we start adjusting ourselves to that group. And maybe that's a good thing, and maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe there are parts of that group that are really good, and maybe there's some things that, oh, that's probably not a good thing, but we've got it going, and so we do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we can form to the values of our community we seek is we conform to the values of our community we seek to live according to the agreed upon virtues and the closer we get to the ideal of that the more reward we receive yeah and, and, and i imagine if you think about that a little bit you can see how that works in your house yeah it's like okay mm-hmm. we kind of have this and maybe maybe someone with a real strong personality kind of sets some of the tone yeah or maybe someone who doesn't have the strong personality but kind of has that like um, kind of sort of like backdoor thing like they, they play that game like yeah. they're not going to come out in the room and be like hey guys this is what we're going to do but they might be the guy that's like yeah does, does it bother you when so and so does this and they go to the other guy and I'm like is, it, is anyone else bothered by this you know they just sort of slowly work that in there and I was like yeah we don't want to we don't want that um, and, and that really can begin to shape us yeah. because we're letting the community shape us so I think we need to step back oftentimes and and really start to think like what is the value system going on in this in in this tribe in this community you know it's kind of the same thing if you think of like a crew or you think of uh, an office staff yeah you know uh, every every job I've had each each place I've had it it's kind of had a little bit of a different vibe and there are different things you accept and there's different things you want it to do Um, and and that brings us to this this last point here which is um, we're dependent Creatures, you see, and, and you you kind of talked about that a little bit, like earlier. Is, is we we want to think of ourselves as independent, yeah. But we're we're really not. Like n- none of us. <sighs> this is too broad of a statement. Most of us are not islands to ourselves. And I'm willing to bet if you think you're an island to yourself, you probably aren't an island to yourself probably because not. you probably don't kill your own food. You go to the grocery store. You just don't like to talk to people when you see them there, right? <laughs> We're all dependent on each other. We're all dependent on, stri- uh, on tribes and the, the social structures they create. Yeah. Um, so this really brings up two things. Are we codependent in our chosen community group or are we interdependent with our community group? So a codependent person is someone who derives their identity from that group. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can derive it from multiple groups. Like you might have a, an identity that you derive from being a, a member of crew, or you might have an identity you derive from being a member of, of Eastern Kentucky University, or I might have a, an identity that I derive from being you know, a pastor at Journey Community Church. All of these things, we can, our identity can be found in that, or it could even be like even more personal than that. Like it could be my identity is found in, um, in another person, and it's sort of mingled in there. Ooh. And I go up when they go up, and they go down when I they, uh, I go down when they go down, and I kind of like I'm trying to get my sense of security and my sense of happiness from a group or um, from a person, and that would be codependent. Like I am I am linked. Yeah. I'm merging my identity with the identity of the community or the group, and that's not healthy um, because no group is perfect. There are good and bad groups, but there's no perfect group. 
Yeah. And so there's always going to be things where we need to be able to be separate from the group yeah. and be able to step back and reflect. But an interdependency in the group is where I'm independent of the group and I'm not necessarily moved by, let, let's, uh, you know, you're in, a, you're in a community group and there's some sort of drama. Yeah. My personal happiness is not affected by the drama because I'm not codependent on that group for my happiness. Yeah. I'm, I'm interdependent with it. I depend on those people to do their part in the group, to yeah. play their role. And they depend on me to play my role, but we don't get our identity from that. Group. Yeah, and I think that's that's a really important thing to draw a distinction from because I think it's really easy, especially when I think about like the college environment. People are really when they come in, they're freshmen, they're starting to get really, really involved in whatever it is that they're getting involved in, um, and like that's their identity. It can become so easy, and I think things like that, and then things like really like toxic relationships where like people find their identity and is like like they they think it's a really good thing just to be like 100% and like I think b- being bought into something is really good but like it's that ability to be critical of what you're a part of mm-hmm. is is necessary for growth really yeah because if you can't point out the flaws in something then it, it can't become better than what it already mm-hmm. is so yeah. I think that's that's really an important distinction to make is we need to be close to something but not close enough we can't see what's wrong with yeah. it yeah yeah and like you said not everything's perfect yeah yeah there needs to be that clear boundary between where I end yeah. and the group begins. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you made something, a really good point. Like we kind of have this idea that like if I'm, if I'm part of a community group or something and, yeah. I, and I say, you know, this could be better or we could do this differently. It doesn't mean I don't like the group. Yeah. It just means I'm sitting back and objectively thinking this probably isn't the best way to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a good thing. And some, we, tend to, we tend to see that. As, as a negative thing yeah. instead of a positive thing you saying oh wait no no someone in the group has said wait I think we could do this better and we could we could progress as a group instead of fighting that yeah um, criticism is good criticism okay. is good yeah yeah I, I think it is in healthy a, yeah, Crit- well, maybe we phrase it like this critical thinking yeah. is healthy like criticism nitpicking isn't healthy yeah, but yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. critically and saying hey I've got you know it's, it goes back to the idea of uh, strong, strong opinions loosely held. Yeah, like I have some really strong opinions, but they're they're open handed, and you can persuade me of that. And I think I want I want to be careful with this example I have in my head because I'm not okay. actually a part of it. But uh, I think an easy thing to to be drawn to is uh, is Greek life on on a campus because mm-hmm. you have this group of people and like Greek life, like fraternities and sororities are like they're like this is what we're about, and it's very like clear, you know, different for each one, but it's like. Once you're in, you're like, you're in. Mm-hmm. And I've never been in a fraternity. Um, but I know, like, I, I, there's people I know and have friends with that have, like, been in fraternities and sororities and then come out of them and been, like, like, like it was almost like like this kind of, like, high moment. Like, once you're in, it's like, this is us. And it's like, you know, and, and like, that's, that's not always a good thing, you know, um, just to be, like, I don't know. It's just that, that uh, the value of objectivity within something you're still passionate about. Yeah. Um, which can be difficult. Yeah, it can be. Because, I mean, I, I think even if you think about, like, a church family, that, that it gets even more difficult because it's like, you know, we're, we're that much closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, what's really best? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, Without getting too yeah, deep yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the thing is, like, there's not, there's not clear and dry, well, this is how it looks. It kind of depends on roles in the group and yeah. time in the group and, and the nature of the, the group and community. Um, and, and, but I think that brings us to, to three, three more points. More points. On the importance of choosing a good community. This is, this is the last three points. These are the last three points. We're Don't coming worry, to a guys. close. <laughs> We're coming to a close. 
but but the importance of choosing a good community and this really wraps up um, I'm gonna pull some 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 quotes from scripture but the first point is this it says uh, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this he said don't fool yourselves bad friendships will destroy you and mm-hmm. if you're that's first Corinthians 1533 and I quoted it from the contemporary English version but think about this who we choose for community has a direct effect on our lives and that means we must in, we must choose that community yeah. with intention. And I think that's clear from what we've been talking about is the way it shapes us, the way it molds us. Is don't don't just think, oh, I can just hang out with whoever and it won't have an impact on me. Yeah. Or you know, we all have that, or have had that one or two people that we know are like you can tell when I'm around this person, man, they they really bring out the worst in me, or they really get me to do things that I know I probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah you probably should reevaluate that friendship. Yeah. Invite them into a new way of doing community. Yes, don't neglect them wholeheartedly, but uh, also be willing to say, you know what? For my own sake, for my own future, for my own destiny, however you want to think about it, I need to cut ties and move into a stronger, better relationship. You know it's that old saying, you, you become the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with? Yeah. Man, that's kind of a scary thought when you start to think about it. Um, point number two, uh, again, we're going to quote from scripture here. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, Just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds of each other. Now, we usually use this in a positive sense. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know, friends, they help us work things out. And that's true, but it can also be used in a negative sense. Yeah. And so you have to ask yourself, the community group you're choosing, your intentional community groups, what are they sharpening you to? Yeah. Are they sharpening you in the direction of good? Or are they sharpening you in the direction of apathy? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or what, what's the direction that that group is headed in, and how are they preparing your mind for that? Yeah. You know, um, we've all been around that, in that group that just seems to be negative and hate on everything. And then that kind of, we begin to develop that tendency to be negative and to hate on everything. Yeah. Um, and, and so the, the last kind of close for this. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Well, I got, I got, I'll go okay. one point about that, what you're okay. saying, and then we got to wrap up but I think when it when it comes like that the friends sharpen the minds of each other and I think you said like the negative and positive there like typically it's a, it's a positive thing it's a negative thing I mean, like something I've really noticed among people my age when we get into it uh, when when people are around people and the, the friend group isn't working out like there's drama and there's people that are losing their minds it's like this this really quick finger is like, okay, I just need to get rid of the toxic people in my life. Mm-hmm. I just need to get rid of the toxic people in my life. And I think um, while that's true, you, you don't need to be around people who are like bad for you. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to like, the finger's got to point inwards too. Yeah. Like it's got to be, think about myself. Think about what am I bringing to these people and what are they giving back to me? Mm-hmm. So when I think, and obviously there's sometimes when, yeah, cut those people off. You don't need them. Like if, if yeah. they're really bringing you that down, maybe just say, hey, I'll text you in the ear. I don't know. Like, yeah. you, you know. Let's take a break. Well, let's just not spend every yeah. day, day together yeah. anymore. And I, I yeah. think that's really important because sometimes I think a lot of people in our culture are just really quick to say, like, they're the issue with my happiness. Yeah. And then they go and repeat, the, you yeah. know, rinse and repeat. So, but yeah, I, I would, Yeah. that's a, that's a really important thing, I think, to, to just self-reflection. Yeah, and, and you really did kind of land on that last point right there. Oh, yeah. Which is Look if you want to have good community, you need to be a good community. Right, and, and and that's the thing. Like, if I want to be in a, in a in a community group that brings life and is flourishing, 
I need to pursue that, right? I can't, uh, I can't be uh, running around negative all the time and trying to pull everybody down and backbite and and then be like, why is why is all this? Why is that <laughs> why working out? Like me? Yeah, why does it why is this like this? You know, why is there all this drama? Why is yeah. it always following me? Like again, if you if you are that person, <laughs> I can't get away from the drama. <laughs> yeah, it's probably because you have a good part to play in it. And you need to step back and think about that. Like you, you need to be the kind of person who builds people up, who encourages the bad, and and in loving ways discourages the good in the community and help build it. Do your part to help your community group mm-hmm. thrive. So yeah. I, I, we we don't want you to walk away saying, well, you know, I just gotta discount everybody in my life and go find this absolutely perfect community group. To it be part doesn't of. exist because it doesn't <laughs> exist. But you can start to change it or shape it. In some groups, you do just need to get out of. Yeah. Right. But most groups are, are kind of, we talked about this earlier, the culture just developed and no one thought about it. Mm-hmm. But if you begin to think about it, you can begin to shape it. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of where we want to land is you are, you are responsible for your intentional community groups. Yeah. Pick good groups to be a part of. Yeah, be intentional. Be intentional about it and do your part yeah. to see that the group continues to move in a good, right, and proper direction. Bring something. Yeah, I, I, I would say just to, my my final thoughts on this issue is like for whatever stage of life you're at. I'm in the college stage right now, actually about to exit it. But whatever you're at, like just be looking for ways to interact with the community. Like do things, and like we said, be intentional in that. Like don't. Like, I mean, I'm kind of thinking specifically for college because like it's I, yeah. I see so many freshmen who just like, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, just like they they get into it and they're like. Yeah, my, well, kind of me, but my, like, oh, yeah, my first semester, or like my first year of college sucked, and I'm like, yeah. well, what'd you do? And they're like, well, I, I sit in my dorm room, you know, and did homework <laughs> and play video games. It, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's going to suck. So, um, just, I think, I think the idea is be willing to be flexible and, and, mm-hmm. and just buy into something uh, and just do it in a smart way, Yeah, I guess. And, and I think you said you were thinking about the, you know, college people. Here's what I think you'll find. That's that's every stage of life. Those same rules apply. Yeah, uh, you know, I graduated college in 2011, but those same the same principles you articulated apply yeah. to every stage of my life since then. And I am imagining they will apply when I'm 70. You know, that's gonna be terrifying, <laughs> Phil. You're gonna be you're gonna be a weezer for sure. It's gonna be like, oh, Uncle Phil's coming. Dang it. <laughs> No, dude, I'll, I will have learned how to, you know, participate in community so well. Everyone will be like, we just love you. Like, I don't so know. Awesome. That's going to happen. Well, we hope this discussion has uh, helped focus your, your thoughts on community. we got a couple more coming up. Yeah. So we'll catch you next time. Yeah. See you guys later. Goodbye. Hey, guys. Phil here again. I just want to say thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, if it's helpful for you at all, please rate it, like it, um, share it with your friends and your family. Let, let people know about it. That's uh, It's encouraging to us. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback, so get in contact with us. Get in contact with us. Just do it! And let us know what you think. Thanks again so much for listening. Do it!